0: You're tuned in to the morning Blitz. All they do is sit around and talk on 102.5 U Rock and the Rocking M app.
1: Here's battle. Quickly doubled on the side, and it's stolen away. And here's Cam Carter with numbers. Cam lobs it for Dorian for the flush. Cam will drive towards the bucket. Nice pass to Gasan. Great catch. He'll
0: score.
1: It was a great night for Cam Carter. He did it all for the Wildcats last night as K-State gets an 81-67 victory at West Virginia. I talked about it on the show yesterday, Christian, about how There was just something about going to Morgantown and winning, no matter what their record was, no matter what your record was. If you're going to be this team that you hope to be, you need to win this game. And I felt good about that, but unfortunately, I just didn't have the stat to back it up, but now I do. That's just the fourth win in Morgantown for Kansas State basketball in its history, and the first since 2019, so in four years. So that place had kind of been a house of horrors for Kansas State, and they were able to get it done last night. Now, West Virginia is a shell of themselves in comparison to what they've been in previous years underneath Coach Huggins. Um, they do have Kirk Creasa, which I forgot about. He was a great point guard at Arizona for the last couple of years, but they just do not have much there at West Virginia. And Kansas State took advantage of that, especially in the second half. The first half, was- or, you know, West Virginia used the home crowd, led by two. Uh, maybe the Stripes had a little bit of help in that. I know a lot of K-State fans were griping about the officials uh, through the first half of the game, a lot of ticky-tack calls, and I can't say I totally disagree with them. But in the second half, Kansas State just opened it up. They outscored him 41-25 in, in the second half to pull away and win 81-67. to Cam Carter, 15 points in the second half. He had 23 for the game. And like I said, f- snapping a four-game losing streak to the Mountaineers in Morgantown, first win since 2019. Um, now Kansas State's won nine of their last ten, including – uh, their first two Big Ten or Big Twelve games for the second consecutive season with Coach Tang, and they're also off to a two two and o start in true road games. It's it's so unbelievable to me that they've played just two true road games and we're in middle of January almost. It's hard to believe. Great scheduling uh, on the part of uh, Kansas State there, but yeah, I, Cam Carter to me was the real story. Not for his points, but as you heard in the highlights, he was finding people. He was. Making sure that other people were getting involved in the game. Uh, I didn't look up, see how many total assists that he had. I'm pulling that up here right now as my computer is finally working the way I'd like it to. Uh, but Cam Carter had four assists and 23 points. That's pretty darn good. And 10 of 10 from the foul line is great. Uh, that's phenomenal for him. And to have four guys in double figures is always great. You know, that's that's kind of a magical deal. Carter, Columa, Gasson, and McNair. McNair, I thought, played really good down low. He was good. 12 points, nine boards, really caught the ball well, had some good moves down low. He's a very big guy, but a very agile guy for being as big as he is. And, uh, yeah, Dorian finished her off the bench. Uh, six points, a couple of big dunks. Uh, not a lot of bench production from Kansas State. They got guys to come off the bench, but not a lot of guys stayed in the game for very long. It was mostly the starting five that got it done for Kansas State. But they were very, very big last night.
0: Early, early in this season, we talked a lot about Kansas's struggle uh, to score the ball off the bench, and that's still it's true, still a problem. <laughs> but I think that kind of. Uh, blinded us to the problem right under our nose which is that the Wildcats are also really struggling this is not the first game Uh, not only that they've had single digit bench scoring but they've had only one or a couple times it's been only two guys put in a bucket or score at all off of the bench for them and it it Isn't as much of an issue when you have four guys in double figures and three with at least 17, those being Gasson and Kaluma and Carter that we've talked about. They played so well, but that's going to be an issue. I know that I've been high on K-State in the way that they play defense and the way they can get out and run. and. They looked good last night. 15 assists is solid. Once again, they were really good on the boards. They were plus 13 rebounding and plus 3 offensive rebounding. It's very helpful in the way they attacked the rack. There were a ton of dunks last night, a ton of them. Uh, But once again, the two uglies rear their head for the Cats, which are Struggles shooting the 3-ball. Kaluma was 4 of 6. Outside of him, the Cats were 3 of 13. And even with Kaluma's nice uh, stroke outside, 31% uh, from behind the long line. And the other ugly, of course, has been bench scoring. Bench scoring and outside shooting need to be shored up. I don't know how that happens, to be honest with you. But those are your problems right now if you're K-State. But it's also hard, sometimes it can be easier to come away with a nice win and a big road win. And then have to evaluate, as opposed to saying, Ah, man, we lost again, or we lost to a, a five-win team that we shouldn't have gotten beat by. And then have to adjust to these problems. These are, this is uh, um, champagne problems, so to speak, where you're you're having these problems, but you're starting well. You're 12 and three. You're undefeated in conference play, like Ross mentioned. You're getting good play out of your starters. I don't mean to harp on only the negatives. They're playing very well. But there are these reoccurring issues that are starting to worry me. That's all I'm saying. You had a question
1: uh, in our kind of our rundown <laughs> talking about Tyler Perry. Um, it's kind of a roller coaster with him. I, and your question you asked was how should Wildcat fans feel about that? I, here's the deal. As long as you win at the end of the game, I don't really think it matters. Tyler Perry is more than likely – going to win you some games that you probably shouldn't have won, then he's probably going to lose you one. That's the way I guess I'd put it. He's going to probably be on, he's going to be helping you to win more games and he's going to be hindrance you to lose a game. Well, Will his off-shooting night probably hurt you a night? Yeah, or two, possibly. But I think his shooting is going to probably save you on a night like last night where he didn't hit any uh, three-pointers. They didn't really need it uh, because they got out in transition and ran very well. But yeah, it's... Like I said this Kansas State team that's it's it, because they don't really have a star player, but they're more they're just they're more balanced I think and and you know most teams that go to the tournament and have good runs have a star player or star players like they did last year um and Kansas State doesn't have that and and I think me especially I've got to start looking at this like look it's a completely different team it's just a different team. They don't really have anybody back from last—I mean, Gasson is back, Cam Carter's back, but the the key pieces that were there last year during that Elite Eight run, they're just—they're not there, obviously, and this is just a different team, and they're going to win in different ways, and the lone consistent thing is the coach in Jerome Tang, and he knows how to put guys in the right spots to have success. Now, once again, I am going to still tamper my excitement and saying that this team is an sub tournament team. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm just being honest you've probably taken on two of the worst teams in the Big 12 right now in your first two games in West Virginia and UCF. Let's see what happens when you get up against the Oklahomas, the whatever else you want to throw in there, your Iowa States. I want to see what that looks like. Talk to me in February 1st. Give me a couple weeks of games. Then let's see where this Kansas State team is. Like I said, I think If I'm calling my shot right now, Kansas State will be a team that is on the bubble. On the bubble. Whether they they fall in the bubble or they're out of the bubble, I think they're going to be on the bubble when it comes to Selection Sunday. That's just my—as I sit here right now on January 10th, they're a bubble team And I think that's where they sit right now in Ken Palm and all this stuff. But I think when we get to that point, they'll be on the bubble. They're going to have some nice wins. They're going to have some games that they lost. They may even have a couple blowout losses where they get spanked pretty good by who knows who. But they're going to be on the bubble. That's just how I feel about this team. Like I said, a little bit lack of depth, lack of inconsistency from your star player. But you've gotten other guys to really step up in his absence at times. We'll just see where it goes. But if I'm calling my shot, I think they're a bubble team when we get to Selection Sunday.
0: No, and uh, you, you've said it a couple of times, and I have a hard time disagreeing with you, but I think I'm a little bit more confident in them. I will say there's some bias here. I I was negative uh, uh, for a couple of minutes there, and uh, I I do still think that those are issues for the Cats, but they got a special place in my heart. This The way this team rebounds and plays defense, you know that I'm a sucker uh, for that, and I think there's... Uh, There are games, like you said, that they are going to win purely on effort. And Tyler Perry needs to get more consistent. And I love that Cam Carter has gotten there. And he's been your consistent scorer. And he's starting to pick up some of those, like Ross mentioned, the duties in the finding department, i.e. he's picking up more and more assists, I think, as this season has gone on. But the Tyler Perry coaster uh, is going to give... Cat fans uh, heart problems. Six points last night, 25 the night uh, the game before, five points the night before that, 17 before that. It's up and down, back up and back down again, and I think it's almost a poison you're gonna have to live with because he hoists and sometimes he'll go one of six or one of eight, and sometimes it's 17 to 13 with six threes, and It's just, I hate to just write it off like this, but it's almost like you have to live with it. And any consistency you can get from him is is almost icing on the cake for you because, like you said, he's going to have those games where he gets hot and helps you win games that maybe you shouldn't. Kansas State has Texas Tech coming up here next, I believe, on Saturday on the road in Lubbock. That will be
1: a very good test. Texas Tech is off to 2-0 and start, and they're 13-2. If you win that game, you are going to start swinging me more and more towards being a team that's going to finish in the top part of the Big 12. That's, that's going to be, I'll just say it right early on, it's a big-time swing game for me. So, anyway, 81-67, Wildcats win convincingly in Morgantown. and Like I said, good win for them because that was a place they'd really struggled. Only fourth time they've won there. Uh, in the history of playing West Virginia, so in Morgantown, so a very big win there. Real quick before we get to break, real quickly before we get to break, want to highlight. Uh, we mentioned number seventeen, Colorado State struggled offensively last night, really shot it poorly, did not shoot it well, uh, and dropped their second straight game. They lost at Boise State, who by the way was it the longest uh, home consecutive win streak? Right, Christian, twenty-two consecutive games now with that win. Uh, not a very easy place to play there. I think it's called the Taco Bell Arena or Taco Bell Center. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, 65-58, the final score. Isaiah Stevens had 15 points to lead the Rams, but they dropped to 13-3 and overall and now 1-2 and in the Mountain West, which, once again, late-night hoops on Mountain West is is pretty entertaining. There's a lot of good teams. Oh, that's yeah. a great league. A great league.
0: The, uh, the color guy on the Mountain West network last night, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, had... An Australian accent, not a strong one, but it was enough that you're kind of like, "What? Where did that come from?" So that that gave the the game, uh, the listening experience, an extra wrinkle. <laughs> uh, but I think the, I think they were top ten in the country in field goal percentage. The Rams, and I'm sure they still are. Uh, but when you shoot 25% from outside. And most of those misses were big ones in the second half. Uh, that's not going to win you a lot of games. They started they like were, 0 for
1: 10 or 0 for 11 from three. Oof. They were 0 for to start. Yeah.
0: This, uh, this was a game where you were down a lot. I think it was 12 or 13 or maybe more with like five minutes left. And you come storming back. And it was a two possess- – I think it was four points with uh, about 90 seconds. And you just, you just couldn't finish. You, you didn't have anyone that was hot enough. Isaiah Stevens, uh, while he was solid in the second frame, really struggled in the first. I think he had two or four points at half, and he had turned the ball over quite a lot. He only finished with six, but I think four or five of them were in the first half before halftime. And you kind of dug yourself just too deep of a hole. And, hey, all credit to Boise State. They looked really good. Nobody shot the ball particularly well for them but they always kind of had a play when you needed it they were kind of doing the perfect little stiff arm whenever the rams made a run and i think this is as much an equal parts indictment of csu for now back-to-back losses that might put them on the brink of dropping out of ranked territory but it is also a benefit for Boise State, who probably will be a ranked team after this. I know the broadcasters were talking about them kind of being right on the lip of that before this game.
1: We'll see what happens there. Two more games tonight. You've got number 3 Kansas in their second Big 12 game. They're in Orlando taking on UCF. I don't see much concern. I could see Kansas getting to a 9 or to a 10-game winning streak here I think they're able to win that game, which, by the way, is the fifth longest in winning streaks across the country. But 6 o'clock Central Time Tip, you can listen on Flower Country, 97.9, with cover starting at 4.30 with the Crimson and Blue Show. But yeah, I, I don't expect much of a fight between Kansas and UCF. I expect the Jayhawks, as long as they're not overlooking the Golden Knight, the Knights, should be able to get a win. And I think the more entertaining, or the more interesting, intriguing storyline is Colorado on the road at Cal. They should be able to get their first uh, Big 12 win in a while they have, or Pac-12 win in a while they have. Dropped two in a row in Pac-12 play. Let's see if they get back to right the ship tonight in Berkeley. All right, let's get to break. Come back. Uh, we will hit on Northwest Tech, Colby Community College basketball tonight in the Max Jones Fieldhouse. Also some interesting news from the Kansas Eight-Man Football Association and the All-Star Game coming up in June. That's next in the Morning Blitz.